0: You're listening to Seventeen Karat K-Pop, the podcast that's a little bit of everything with a K-pop twist. From pop culture critiques, to the history of K-pop, to interviews with people in the K-pop industry and K-pop artists themselves, to concert and album reviews, to a deep dive into the discographies of different K-pop artists, to K-pop news updates, to stories about the music industry more broadly, this show tries to cover everything about K-pop and K-pop as it applies to the larger music and concert scenes. Visit 17 Com for more information about the show. That's 1-7-C-A-R-A-T-K-P-O-P dot W-E-E-B-L-Y dot C-O-M. Your book recommendation of the week? Cicely Tyson's memoir, Just As I Am, We lost a shining star recently, Cicely Tyson passed away, but she did release her memoir actually just a few days prior, which really, I just want her to say in her own words. So the description of this book is, quote, Just as I am is my truth. It is me, plain and unvarnished, with the glitter and garland set aside. In these pages I am Cicely, the actress who has been blessed to grace the stage and screen for six decades, Yet I am also the church girl who once rarely spoke a word. I am the teenager who sought solace in the verses of the old hymn from which this book is named. I am a daughter and mother, a sister and a friend. I am an observer of human nature and the dreamer of audacious dreams. I am a woman who is hurt as immeasurably as I have loved, a child of God divinely guided by his hand. And here in my ninth decade, I am a woman who, at long last, has something meaningful to say. So read more about her story by getting her memoir, Just As I Am, preferably from a black-owned bookstore. Hello everybody and welcome back to Seventeen Karat K-Pop. Today on the show, I'm starting a new monthly theme where I'm going to recap the 20 best releases from the month. And today we're going to talk about the best of C-pop, J-Pop, and K-Pop from January of 2021. I will further elaborate on my picks in a monthly blog post as well, so feel free to go to 17karikpop.weebly.com and click on Blog, which may be in the drop-down menu where it says More still, if I still have that up and haven't changed that yet. But anyway, go to the blog part of the site if you want to read more of my thoughts. You can also there find the link to a YouTube playlist featuring all of the music videos I talk about today and a link to a Spotify playlist with all the songs I talk about as well. One more note before we begin. I tried to mix my objective and subjective critiques of these songs, so I mixed my subjective and objective in a way where I chose the rankings based on just total preference, that's subjective, but in terms of which releases from this month actually made the cut into the top 20 overall, that I tried to think about more objectively. Concept-wise did the Artists deliver in a certain way, did they show growth musically, etc, etc. Please remember these lists are my personal picks. they're all in good fun, and I'm sorry if your faves are not in my personal list, but that's what's so cool about music is that some people can listen to a song and walk away feeling nothing, and other people listen to the song and walk away feeling everything. It's so wild and interesting to me how much music is a personal music listening is a personal experience to have. So we should celebrate that and celebrate having totally different top 20 picks if that's the case. But I do hope that I help convince you that my picks deserve their spots on the list and encourage you to go check out the releases I talk about. Without further ado, let's get to number 20 on my list, number 20, AB6. AB6 released a new album called Salute, A New Hope this past month. Which is an excellent album title for obvious reasons. It came with the title track Stay Young and it had quite a nostalgic vibe to it and I like this release for showing that new softer side of them, just showing maybe not a new side of them but a different side of them and a more contemplative reflective tone. It was just a tonal shift for them but it was still the classic ab 6 sound to their music that we know and love. I also like that they gave new life to some of their older songs, like the disco version of Blind For Love and the alt-rock version of Surreal. Those were some interesting choices for their album. So it's a mix of new and old tracks, and overall it's just a great listen that's still cohesive, even though there are some older tracks that are brought on there. My personal favorite release from them this month, though, Falling aka Adrenaline, by Why Don't We, and they featured on the remix of it, adding a Korean verse and their signature vocals that are just instantly recognizable. I really like the the twist they added to that song, and I honestly don't really listen to Why Don't We. I did have to check out their new album after this collab, so it was smart marketing too. But I do think that Why Don't We's album, the best song on it is this one, but you should still check out their full album. It's good. Anyway, did anyone else recognize in the beginning of this ab 6 remix of Fallen slash Adrenaline, whichever title you use, the intro music, it is, I I believe it is identical to Black Skinhead by Kanye West. Is it not? The intro to Adrenaline is exactly the same intro as Black Skinhead. It is. It is. I'm so sure of this. I don't know if they sampled it or just quote-unquote borrowed the instrumental, but... It is just way too similar for it to be some coincidence, in my opinion. So anyway, feel free to chime in with your thoughts, though. Maybe it doesn't sound as similar as it does in my head. Number 19, Eyes 1, with the single D.D. Dance and the music video that went with it. Their outfits are so cute, a very clueless vibe to them. Clueless, the movie. And it has this very interesting use of old Korean music video props in a way, so let me explain. You know in Twice's Fancy music video there are all those colorful floating little planets or maybe they're just supposed to be like rubber bouncy balls or whatever, but all those spheres that are circling the members, that was a similar prop used in this Eyes One video. And do you remember in SF9's Good Guy video those giant golden rings, like larger than life gold rings that were interlocking and surrounding them? Those rings are back here, too. So what's interesting is that it seems like all of these props and details that we've already seen K-pop videos set in that have s- designed the setup for a music video before, Eyes one has taken, but they've made it their own, and they've added new life to real old symbols. And then you've got, of course, the hourglasses and stuff, So and then all the different doorways. A lot of symbols that have like, been there, done that, but Eyes one somehow kept it fresh because... They just did different things with them visually. The song itself is also refreshing because it mixes some some retro vibes with a more modern feel, so it leans a bit into the recent K-pop disco-esque trend, but also is pretty modern pop as well. So it's a catchy song and the video is just a lot to take in, and there are probably even more little details that remind me of other K-pop videos that I haven't even realized yet so I got to rewatch a lot which is a marker of a of a great notable video if you want to rewatch it. Number 18. Little Glee Monster with gradation which is a compilation album. And normally I probably wouldn't put a compilation album on the list of best new releases but it really is a great encapsulation of why Little Glee Monster is a J-pop group that needs to be on your radar. It is just a great The most cohesive argument yet about why Little Glee Monster needs to be on your radar. This compilation includes a lot of their best songs, including Echo, my personal favorite, which has this really cool breakdown where a guitar rift is thrown in there unexpectedly. Then the pianos come in and they've got their glorious harmonies, and it just ebbs and flows in really interesting directions, that song. It also includes their Pentatonix collab, which is beautiful. It includes their best work, all in a 49-track album. Little Glee Monster really does have a very cool sound that's kind of doo wop in old school, but it also mixes just other unexpected elements. Just sonically, the structure of their work is really interesting to me. So they are definitely a group that I highly recommend checking out, and a great place to start is with that compilation album. Number 17. IU with Celebrity, the single and music video. First of all, we have to talk fashion. This video is just gorgeous. IU looks like a Disney princess in that pink gown and then the red gown and it's just such a beautiful, the gold dress, oh my gosh, like the fashion is so incredible in this video. That wardrobe is just stunning. But on a more serious note, I like the juxtaposition between her 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 demeanor in the video and her surroundings because in the video she's surrounded by admirers of her but she's very much isolated from them like they're all behind these screens and all you see is their shadows reaching towards her and she's just around flashing cameras and she's just experiencing fame but she looks very concerned or just i mean she's not enjoying herself in this video even though she seems to have all of the makings of a perfect life you know and the lyrics also have that tone to them as well. She sings in the chorus about, you know, can't you see that you are this beautiful, unique, shining star in people's lives? You're my celebrity, you're my idol to me. To me, I believe it's meant to be interpreted as her saying this to herself, and she's having a hard time convincing herself that she deserves this fame. It's kind of a story about imposter syndrome, that's how I interpret it. She's having a hard time processing fame, and that's also referenced in the lyric Your wary face looks like someone powered you off, like she describes herself as feeling like she's just totally drained and she needs to recharge, but she can't because she's a celebrity. I also really appreciate when an artist touches on a previous work of theirs and it's kind of a subtle reference, it's not in your face which she does quite cleverly here, where there's this lyric where she says, You have no idea, still not fully bloomed, written for you, a bygone love poem, which is a reference to blooming and love poems, references to her latest album called Love Poem, which had a single on it called Blooming. She goes on to sing, Don't forget during the long winter, a flower can bloom between the frozen cracks. She's basically saying, You still have all this potential in you and you can blossom right now even if it feels like winter to you. All metaphorical, of course. More flower and blooming references. It just feels like this song picks up where her last release left off, which I love in a release. Number 16, Hyena with I'm Not Cool. That was the name of the mini album and the music video. Both of these had a delayed release, but she is back and it was definitely worth the wait. It's a very, very attention-grabbing video, and it's just so her that it's just, it's just great. It's another classic in the making from her. It's got this extremely bold, colorful, Lisa Frank aesthetic. It's very loud and bold, just like the lyrics are about, yeah, I'm not cool. What you going to do about it? I don't care what labels you put on me. It's a great fearless anthem. She also has this subtle reference to her boyfriend in the song where she sings I'm not solo, I love early mornings, dawn, 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 her boyfriend's name is Dawn, it was just a clever reference in there, and that is one of the best parts of any Hina comeback because we get new quotes and references to her boyfriend and they are just the cutest couple ever, and I love hearing about their relationship. Speaking of Dawn, number 15 is the song Dawn and its music video. From Lisa, a J Rock icon. Let's talk fashion again. Lisa is hair goals, makeup goals, outfit goals, everything in this video. She rocks this dark lipstick and these combat boots and a black dress, and she's got dark purple hair. It is just, it is a, just a goth queen. She is. She sings in front of this unique sculpture that, of sorts, like it's an archway that's on fire, and she also faces this other statue of sorts that is made of glass or crystal or something like that, but it has a mirror instead of a face. So she's basically looking at herself on a mannequin's body and there's a lot of symbolism there you can think about, but a lot is intentionally left to your interpretation as a viewer. But the point being that she is great at getting your attention with her cute outfits and the archways and other settings that she uses in her videos, and then maintaining your attention because just as you think the video gets boring and repetitive, you see, suddenly she's facing herself in a mirror in a unique way. She just has a very unique form of artistry in her work that always leaves you excited to find out where, what direction she goes in next. And the song itself is great. I love. I think her best songs are the ones that have that vibe of like play the world and other more recent hits of hers. It's just another great record from her. Number fourteen, Hayun with Walk Away. This she is Taeyeon from Girls Generation's Little Sister, fun fact, but she's also really shining in her own right as a solo artist. She just debuted actually just last year with Eyes on You, but this new single, Walk Away, I would argue is a lot better, and the music video is a lot more fun. Hanging there as I describe the music video plot, because it'll sound bizarre, but I want to explain why I like it. So Hayeon in this video is walking up to some sort of hotel or ski lodge or something. She's away for the night somewhere. She's like a guest in a hotel or something. She's a traveler, a tourist in wherever she's walking. Anyway, the receptionist at the front desk of this travel vacation home or whatever is a guy wearing a giant dog head, like a mascot would wear at a game or something. It's a giant dog mascot head. The text on the screen at the beginning says, quote, The incidents that follow were described to me exactly as I present them here. It's like a mini-movie having several parts to it. Part one is called I Don't Know Why, and part two is called Stay With Me. It has a bit of a Beauty and the Beast vibe as she spends her days with this giant dog. She's playing around with some sort of potions and stuff in the cabin. Then she gets a secret little note from the dog who slides it under her door. He hands her an hourglass at one point. He's giving her a bunch of offerings, a bunch of gifts. Then they have a tea party of sorts, and they just are really enjoying each other's company. They're playing in the snow. They're sitting together as the dog plays the piano while she sings. They just have such a good time together and that's kind of the end of the story. It ends kind of in that to be continued way, like maybe there's an epilogue coming. So that just sounds like what, did, what was that that I just watched and you will get that weird feeling of you don't know how to feel after you first watch it. But I think it is, I really like it and I think that's because of a couple things. One is because it is so quirky. Quirky K-pop that's really kind of extra in terms of its story and how cutesy or wholesome it is, is a whole like sub-genre really. Quirky K-pop is like its own thing. And There are so many recent examples too, like with WJSN's new subunit release, and everything Crayon Pop did, everything Orange Carmel did. Those groups, it's just, it's, it is a whole sub, sub-category of K-pop. Hyun is really distinguishing herself from her sister, as her own musician entirely by carving out this unique path for herself with this unique video plot. So I love that she's making her mark so early in her career as a very distinguished solo artist and I also love that she's leaning into that quirky cake pop sound. I also think I love it just because I think it has a lot of references in it that I'm not getting or I am getting, but maybe Ron. There's just a lot to interpret, a lot of possible references, like I got some Little Red Riding Hood vibes from her walk to this cabin. I got some Beauty and the Beast vibes from them hanging out. I got some Cinderella vibes when she's outside, and I don't know, there are just certain things that she's doing in the video and saying, and her mannerisms, her outfits, it's just very much like it's a classic fairy tale we are watching. Number 13, TXT. They released the Japanese version of a lot of their older classics, and it had some new songs too, on this new Japanese album called Still Dreaming. And I put it on this list because I know it mostly has some older stuff that was released way before January 2021, but it also came with the release of a brand new video for the Japanese version of Blue Hour. This to me is a super noteworthy video for three reasons. One is that it's a great reminder of what a bop Blue Hour is and how much charisma TXT has as they perform to Blue Hour. Two, the video helps further solidify all the theories I talked about in the TXT dedicated episode of this show, shameless plug for the millionth time about that episode, where I talk about how the members seem to be drawing on inspiration from and symbols associated with Alice in Wonderland and something wicked this way comes and I further had those theories affirmed by watching this video where they had the floating cups and saucers, they also had the broken down amusement park ride, the carousel, they referenced the time machine again, they kept that lyric in there. It all just seemed to tie back to those theories that I had, so I'm quite proud of myself. Third reason this video is so notable is because it keeps all the fun of the original video with an added fun twist where it's just a wild moment where they're in the woods and all of a sudden the bushes come to life behind them and become their backup dancers. And not even like a dancing bush like an animated thing, no these are human sized bushes that stand up like people, like they're they're the outline of people but they're covered in leaves and they dance as background dancers. It is just so funny. The first time I saw it, it was so unexpected. I was kind of like spooked by it. Like, oh my gosh, the bushes just came to life. My only issue with that scene in the video is that they didn't do more with it. They could have been even more playful because what if like a BTS member had been one of those people dressed up as a bush or something like that? I really wanted to see like a funny cameo one of the backup dancers was revealed to be maybe Mr. Bang himself or something, but that did not happen. Number 12, G Idol for I Burned the Mini Album and its single Hua which came with its own music video that is aesthetics on aesthetics. Bright lipstick and pastel blue hair and lots of braids. The hair and makeup inspiration, the white eyeliner look, oh my gosh, it was just everything, the looks in this video. It also is just such an interesting setting that has this day-to-night, dawn to dusk symbolism, possibly with the tree backlit by the sun that starts the video, but then it suddenly halfway through the video it turns into a tree that's got these bare winter branches and the whole vibe of the video changes just from that tree alone. It's also clever and artsy the way that they hold their lawn braids that, to make it look like rope, like almost like they're tangled up in themselves. There could be some symbolism to read into there. This comeback also solidified to me that I think pivotal forks in the road in terms of g Idol finding their own unique musical sound to stick with have been Han, Lion, and now Hua. Because with these releases, they seem to just tap into a very distinct sound, and I just think that is their strongest direction. So I hope they continue to release those types of songs, because the songs that bring to mind Lion and Hua and Han, I just I just think G-Idle performs those the best. They add their unique charms to those songs, and I hope that this is officially their, their classic G-Idle sound. Number 11, the Stray Kids solo member releases. IN released Maknae on Top, which is a really fun video that features his bandmates working with him, but mostly he's taking the spotlight and he feels like he's all that. He's got the shades on and he's just looking very cocky and enjoying himself. It's just really cool to see as a long-time fan because we've seen him blossom into that person. He would not release Maknae on Top if it was a few years ago. Like He really grew into this confident self and the song itself is really fun and interesting and unexpected, so he's showing that he is still a, a loyal fan of Stray Kids and a loyal, a proud member, but he's also really sonically on his own journey at the same time, and I love that independence for him. Also this month, we got a solo release from Han, which is much more deep and contemplative and special in its own right. Number 10. Ace. We've talked about time and time and time again on the show how smaller underdog companies like Aces are really probably financially struggling right now. The vast majority of the revenue for those companies comes in from touring and from having those intimate small shows to build up a fan base and connect with fans and then keep them wanting to come back and financially support the group. But that's not an option as much these days and so their budgets are strained. So it's really smart marketing to find a way to just further promote songs that are already released. It's actually quite expensive to make a new song and record it and produce it and everything. And maybe it wasn't financial, but I do think that probably played into their decision to remix favorite boys. It's also smart marketing because it is quite the crossover. Steve Aoki is a frequent collaborator with K-pop artists and is kind of viewed as the unofficial slash official uncle of K-pop fandoms, we love him, and he's just the best. And so that's obviously already a fan favorite if you add Steve Aoki to the remix, and Thutmose added his own verse too. He's a rapper who deserves more recognition, and hopefully he'll get that now with working with Steve Aoki and Ace. He actually first came on the scene back in 2017, but since then, he's slowly been gaining a following. I hope this collaboration really accelerates that. Favorite Boys suddenly feels like a brand new song with this remix, with Thutmose's rapping, Divayoki's DJ skills. It even has its own new music video now, which feels like it could be seen as just super random, with all of the 3D gadgets and whatnot. It's just a bunch of stuff is there, and you don't know what the plot would be. But maybe that's the point, because maybe that video is actually not just random, but a crucial part of the storyline and the music video universe they're developing, and it just has these Easter eggs in it that won't make sense until much later. There were a lot of little details that could have been hidden in that video, so definitely worth re-watching. While Steve Aoki is remixing Ace's work, I also want to suggest that he remix Cactus, which is their other best song. Number 9, OWV with Ready Set Go. Ready Set Go is the name of their music video and the single and their new EP. My only issue with this EP is that it is only three songs, but they are all so so catchy. My personal favorite is Na Na Na, but each song goes off. OWV is a really great J pop group for K pop fans who really want to try listening to J pop groups but don't know where to start. OWV has a lot of similarities to the sound and the vibe of K-pop acts, and so I feel like that's a good place to start. It's a, fami- a sense of familiarity will ease your way into the world of J-pop in a good way. OWV has this video that what really reminds me of K-pop is not just sonically the structure of the sound, but the fact that they are- they've checked off all the boxes in terms of classic K-pop music video moments. Sitting in a bathtub staring longingly ahead? Check. A fancy palace setting and a lot of chandeliers some falling on the ground check a choreography heavy video check they check off a lot of boxes so definitely go check them out if you're a fan of k-pop or j-pop number eight cherry bullet with the cherry rush mini album and the love so sweet video i really think and hope this is an image defining moment for cherry bullet because they could I feel like they were experimenting. They released Q&A as their cutesy concept, and then they released Hands Up as their more baddie concept, and were probably just trying to gauge fan reaction to see which direction they went in further. Maybe they realized that Q&A is the better comeback. Don't fight me on that. And then they decided, let's keep it in the cutesy direction, so they went with Love So Sweet, and that was smart. I really hope they keep going down that path instead because I do think Cherry Bullet shines the most and is the most has their unique presence most present when they sing the cutesy stuff. I just think that fits their vibe so well. And the video itself is really cute. It's quite the Barbie Dreamhouse aesthetic of their setting. It's like an early Valentine's Day video. And the song Love So Sweet itself is so sweet. I don't want to say this in a way that is upsetting to fans, So please don't take this personally. It's nothing against Cherry Bullet and it's nothing against any of these acts. But I'm just trying to think very, very objectively about how these songs are made. And so what I will say is that you can sometimes tell when you hear a song that it was not going to go to a bigger group. You just like there's certain and a certain extra level of effort they seem to go to to be extra catchy and those songs get to twice, for example, But songs that have less to it are stripped back a little bit and just feel like they're not produced in the same quality, those more often go to underdog groups from smaller companies. And so what I'm saying is that if we're just relatively speaking, we have to have a comparison sake, right? So certain songs are just more well-produced, and those tend to be the songs that go to the bigger name artists. And that's just that's just the way it is but with a song like this it made me think it would go to twice or some other huge girl group and that just shows the extra level cherry bullet is taking their career i hope it just shows the the extra catchiness of the song if i can picture a twice or some other big artist singing it i hope that makes sense because it's not about the artists themselves right now. I'm talking about the actual songwriters and the managers and the people who actually decide this song is going to twice, or this song is going to so-and-so. This is a song that I think twice would not pass on, and a lot of songs those artists pass on because if they're viewed as like the cream of the crop of the company, they very carefully want to monitor and be cautious about what songs they give those artists, and so I think this reached twice-level approval, which is huge. Number seven, Hyun. The Baekhyun album. It's his newest Japanese album. It was released alongside the Get You Alone music video. To be completely honest, this album is not his best work, and some of the instrumentals to me are just relatively, compared to some of his other songs, relatively basic or not memorable at least. This album, honestly, I would probably not pay much attention to if it were not for Baekhyun, but Baekhyun's vocals are just so out of this world incredible, that he could sing an entire encyclopedia from front to back and it would be so good and it would still be a thrill to listen to. He just has such a great voice and so to me sometimes I actually think that a simpler instrumental set behind his vocals is the better way to go because I don't want to see his voice ever overpowered in a song by an instrument that's too busy. Hopefully that makes sense. And so I think this album actually suited Baekhyun and he really made the songs catchier. And the music video I really love and think is just so adorable. The video for Get You Alone is when Baekhyun plays two roles, the Baekhyun who hosts a late night TV show and the Baekhyun who is a viewer watching from home, who is kind of like a stereotypical nerd, he wears glasses and he watches TV with his teddy bear. And he calls into the show asking for advice, presumably relationship advice, and so there are just all these funny moments that ensue. The talk show host is trying to teach him how to be cool and the cool guy around town, and it is, it's not exactly going as expected, like Baekhyun just has to practice like flirting with his teddy bear, and it's just a really cute back and forth as they communicate over the phone while he's staring at his hero, this talk show host through a TV screen. It's just really funny and, again, points out and further proves why Baekhyun, he has such a great presence and so much charisma that he can add to the most boring release ever. Which is not this album, I'm just saying he really does add so much intrigue and excitement into every project he works on. Number six, Bobby from Icon, who is a solo artist in his own right and proving that more and more every day, with his new album Lucky Man. I definitely like this new album Lucky Man more than his debut album Love and Fall. I feel like he's really finding his sound, and leaning into this more industrial sound I think is suiting him really well. His voice and his rapping just work so well with these types of instrumentals. My favorite song on the album is probably Let It Go, but all of the songs are really good. The music video amps up the same vibe, which is... Just very fast-paced and action-packed. The music video is kind of like a heist film of sorts. He has to find this missing disc and it's, it's a really intense video, but it seems very bobby of him to do so. I like that he's just finding his own unique musical identity through his work. The main downside to this release that I want to highlight right now though is that the titles of the songs on the track list really bug me. Like, this is like Zayn's debut, where it's like, why are you capitalizing that letter and leaving that letter lowercase? Did a robot type out this track list? I'm just, the, the non-capitalization slash too much capitalization in other song titles, it is just really messing with my head, and I need to see order, and I need to see just capital each word in a song title. So, just that's just gonna personally irk me forever, but I digress. Number five, You Know. You know from TVXQ is another artist who shines on his own as well, and his new album, Noir, I think is honestly leaps and bounds better than his first solo project. In a smart marketing move, he can promote each of the tracks on this mini-album almost like each of them are a title track. They each get like the promo treatment because they each have a music video called a short film to go with them. And there's a short film for everyone's taste. You can watch the Eeny Meenie short film, If you want to see Red Velvet Sulgi dancing with him, and it has this very almost Greece-esque or Greece-era vibe to it, that's just an additional single, like a bonus track, but still. Then there's the mini-movie of sorts for Loco, which is goofy, and you see half the escalator is people who look solemn, and the other half are people having a party and dancing up the escalator. La Rosa is a somber love story, Need You Right Now in a classic SM Entertainment mood. Blends animated and in-person scenes. Time Machine has honestly some aesthetics that reminded me of Do You, RM's Do You era in his early days, so check out Time Machine if you're into that. And lastly, the Thank You short film. That one actually is more like a short film than just a video because it's over seven minutes long. Just be aware though, there are a lot of guns and gunshot noises and intense physical fight scenes in the Thank You video. The others are not graphic in that way, but Thank You is, so be aware of that. It is quite cinematic, so I give it props for that. But it's really intense, there are a lot of fight scenes, there's this intense Russian roulette game. It is just really, it's quite the whirlwind you go on watching it. There's an interesting lyric in the song Thank You where he says thank you for this, but he says it like "thank you for dis," and I think that was intentional, and actually may have more meaning than you think because there's like a whole intense situation in this in this mini movie of sorts for "thank you." So "thank you for dis," he's kind of like saying sorry not sorry by saying that, or you know he's really trying to snub you on his way out the door. I don't know. There could be just a funny, playful double meaning there. There also could be a lot of meaning in the very, very end of the video where Yuno has the silver ring that he holds up and then just drops on the ground and walks away from it. just made me think of the silver rings or the metal rings of some kind that are a part of NCT videos. I feel like all these rings could be connected, but I won't go down my SM Entertainment video universe spiral today. (laughs) I'll save that. Number four, Bandmaid. Bandmaid has these really unique blends of the most cutesy concepts imaginable that they mix with elements of a more angst-ridden image their persona is just so intriguing to me because they mix like these really cute but frilly and almost like wearing a maid's outfit super frilly ruffled dresses and big hair bows and stuff but they mix those looks those very youthful outfit choices with some really angry screams and just hardcore rock music. I love that juxtaposition. Their new album is called Unseen World, and their lyrics really lean into that messaging as well. They have some really great messages about just letting your light shine. On the song Manners, they sing, what's the fun in a monochrome world? They say, start over, let your light burn bright until you've painted a miracle, unfurl your wings, show your colors. This song, Warning, talks about living your life following a manual, but realizing you want to break free from that, from life's constraints, and realizing that you have power over what you thought was controlling you in life. This song, Afterlife, is probably my favorite out of these singles from the album. Afterlife is, it's got a great message, and it's just a bop. Some of the lyrics include, ally, enemy, just go fight the fights you want to win. Love, embrace its fervor, whatever you want. Spring is gone, bring a smile to the coming world. The afterlife video ends in a really interesting place where the members are like in this presumably like a high school locker room and they've wrecked the place. There's just paper everywhere and it's a mess turn to stare at the camera, like that meme of the dog drinking coffee, who's like, everything is fine. That's basically how the video ends, like everything's a wreck now, bye, and it's just really funny. Videos are just so intriguing, and their personas, their stage presence is so intriguing, and the songs themselves are, are bops, so definitely go check out their videos and music. Number three, Dreamcatcher. First of all, we have to talk fashion again, because they just, the looks are just next level from this comeback for them. I mean, Cheyenne with platinum blonde hair, and well, that was the highlight for me, but I think they all just look incredible and it's a great comeback from them. They just gave themselves quite the makeover and it makes for a lot of inspiration for hair and makeup for sure. Their new album is called Dystopia Road to Utopia, and if you listen to the Dreamcatcher dedicated episode of the show, then you know by now that their whole thing is trying to reach that utopia and get through this magic portal, and they continue that story through the Odd Eye music video. The video has some interesting, notable details, like how drinking this red liquid ends up creating this... uh, It triggers a lot of effects, like a short-circuiting of systems. Lights are flickering, things are glitching, and it seems like the portal is officially disappearing for good and they can't get to the other side. There's one interesting moment where one of the girls puts her hands on the ground but the floor around her is made of mirrors so when she does that she looks like she's choking herself as she looks at her reflection. And there are other little moments like that where you really need to stop and notice some detail that you may overlook the first time. Another thing worth noting is that when you would see typically like the roots of a tree or just like Low branches, the, that's replaced with electric cords, like cables, lit up cables, as if this whole tree is plugged in like they're living in a simulation. This video has a lot of potential nods back to previous videos in this storyline. Like remember in the Good Night video, one of them reached their hand through the mirror and grabbed the spell book, but that led to a lot of issues down the road for them using that spell book. And now she's trying to choke her image in that she sees in the mirror, like you got me into this mess. Then in Deja Vu, they sing about all the truths I believed covered me in falsehoods. And now, similarly, they sing lyrics about feeling like they're in a mirage and they can't get out and they realize it's all lies around them and that this is all a simulation or something. Remember, at the start of the Scream video, the words on the screen said, one day suddenly the light did not come. And now, at the end of this video, the text says, in the end, the dream catchers couldn't find the utopia, what they dreamed of. They can't find it. They don't see it because people are failing to do good in the world. So I think they're trapped on the wrong side of this. these parallel universes. They chose the wrong parallel universe. They had a 50-50 shot and they chose the wrong way, and now they need to get back. But they're realizing they have a lot more obstacles still to face before they can do that. My main issue with this comeback is just the anticlimactic ending. Like, oh, I thought this was finally when they reached Utopia. It's like, nope, just kidding. But... I do like how that does leave a door open for maybe one of my Stephen King literary inspiration theories to come to fruition because maybe what will happen is like in the Stephen King books about parallel worlds, desperation and then the the companion book The Regulators, which are about parallel universes and characters that mirror each other, maybe that's what we're gonna get from Dreamcatcher now. Maybe the next comeback will have now that this world is destroyed and this version of themselves may be dead, maybe the next version will be like they're the same characters but now they're like the clones of them in this alternate universe. There's just a lot of room for intriguing directions this story can still go down, but I will definitely be more upset if their next comeback has yet another cliffhanger like this. Like, let's close some loose ends, please, at some point. The B-side that you've got to check out is Poison Love. That one goes off, but all the songs are... It's just another zero skips album for Dreamcatcher. Number two, Epic High with Epic High is here, part one. The new album that I just spent a whole episode diving into the details of, so I won't do that again here, but I just want to say that in classic Epic High fashion. It mixes a huge star-studded roster with a lot of different narratives woven together in, in interesting and intricate ways, and some relatable themes added with some unique Epic High twists. It's just a classic Epic High album and it just is just exactly what we expect from them, which we love. And the C L and Zico Collab Rosario is the best song for sure. The music video helps drive home the big deal about Epic High and reminds me that if you are not getting into Epic High and you don't get what the big deal is, or you know someone who doesn't get what the big deal is, the best way to convince them or convince yourself is to really invest yourself in Epic High. So don't just listen to the music as background noise someday. Don't consume it passively, but actually seek out the lyrics, watch the videos really get immersed in the story on more than just an auditory level, and you will get why they're such a big deal. Because I feel like their masterful lyricism and storytelling through videos go underrated when you just really need to go the extra mile to truly appreciate and get what the big deal is about this group. Number one, NCT 127 with First Love. This is a single that is off of their upcoming Japanese album I believe, Love Holic. I'm so hyped for February 17th. So make sure you mark your calendars because that's when Love Holic will be out, the 17th of the month. My special number, 17. Thank you guys, I'm touched. Very excited for that release. We'll have to talk, we'll have to make a new episode of NCT Talk and discuss that at length later. But for now, I'll just say that I love the direction this song takes and what that might mean for the direction the album takes. I love, love, love when a song embodies a feeling so well, and this song does that. It adds sound to the feeling of being in love for the first time, that feeling of just like feeling this excitement bubbling up in you, feeling this euphoria, feeling just indescribably good and happy and like skipping through life, and they really make that, turn that feeling into sound, and I really respect that. It's just a really well-made song. So in conclusion, the artist releases to check out from the past month, AB6, Eyes one Little Glee Monster, IU, Hyuna, Lisa, Hyun, TXT, Idol, Stray Kids, I.N. and Han, Ace, OWV, Cherry Bullet, Baekhyun, Bobby, You Know, Band Maid, Band Hyphen, M.A.I.D., Dreamcatcher, Epic High, and NCT 127. My honorable mentions go to Kangta for Cough Syrup. That is a really smooth R&B jam. It's a really just a good song, and the video is nice because it checks off that classic box. Like, every SM Entertainment artist apparently has to film in an empty auditorium at some point, and so he did that, so good for him. I also put SM Town's Hope video on here because it's named after me so I'm touched and excited and that was a delight to start the year with that video. With my name on the screen as all of the SM Entertainment artists sing about having hope, it's it's just the best. Lastly, I give an honorable mention to Golden Child for the Burn It video. I would have placed this in my top 20 but I'm waiting because I want to know if this unravels more. I love when a video has a unique cinematic plot but then gets continued in more videos. And when it's just a standalone, I don't always like it as much, so I'm waiting because they had this really intense zombie invasion in the Burn It video. And to me, it was just really like a mini horror movie that I did not care to watch. And if it's just that is what it is, and then they change concepts completely during the next comeback, but if they go off of this and continue in this apocalyptic world, that would intrigue me more, so I'm just waiting, but they could be going down a really interesting story direction right now. So now that I've shared with you my favorite releases of the month from J-pop and K-pop acts, I didn't actually care for much of the C-pop that came out this month, but usually they'll be part of this top 20 list as well, but I do want to take a moment too to give you some western recommendations from western artists that I've been into as well. So some all English releases that I've liked this month, are Why Don't We's album, The Good Times and the Bad Ones, Zane's new album, Vibes. That is a lot of great, smooth R&B vibes, hence the name. It's just, it's really, it, that's a well-done album for sure. And Jesse Page with You Can't Kill Me. That's her debut EP, so I really hope you go support her. She's an independent musician. She's a rock star, literally, and in every other meaning of the word. A long-time follower of her, she used to be more of a YouTuber, but now she's focusing more on music and just having this influencer presence on Instagram. But she's just such a great person, and her, her songs are so personal, but also so catchy. She the this sound all her own. It's very pop meets rock, kind of Panic at the Disco-esque and definitely worth checking out. That is all for today's show. When I have shows that are quite long like this one, I've decided that I'm going to, those will be weeks where I probably will only release three instead of four episodes. Some weeks it'll be three, some weeks four, depending on the topics and the lengths of the episodes that I plan and I apologize for once again changing up the release schedule. I'm really just trying to figure this out, and it's changing as my schedule changes. Please bear with me as I take the next few weeks to figure out what's working, but I think three to four episodes a week will be manageable. So that is the plan. You will hear from me again very soon, and at least three times a week. So thank you all for listening to me today, and I will talk to you all very soon.